And I'll invite you to open your Bibles to Acts chapter 2. If you're using the Pew Bible, you can find it on page 911. Well, I don't think I've said it yet. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Happy 2021. So tell me, have you done it yet? Have you made your New Year's resolutions yet? You know, it's not too late, just January 3rd. Are you one of those who do that? Or are you one who likes to make New Year's resolutions? Are you one of those people who seek to commit themselves? Are you one of those people who seek to devote yourself to certain endeavors, to certain actions, to certain goals in the new year? It's not a bad idea, is it? And I don't really see any downside to doing that, to making resolutions. It's a good thing to have goals. We're called in Scripture to not squander this life that the Lord has given to us. And so it is good and right for us to seek to make the most out of this life that he's given to us. And of course, spiritually speaking, it's especially not bad to use the encouragement of a new year to help us to go deeper in our walk with the Lord. So I want to encourage you to think about that. What might you do in this next year as it relates to your relationship with the Lord? So you would not squander this year, make this year be a year where you have grown closer to the Lord and honor him more and more with your your life. But what is it that the Christian should be devoted to? That's a question I'd like for us to consider today. What is it that we as Christians should seek to devote ourselves to? You know, there there are many things, and our sermon passage today from Acts chapter 2 speaks of some of those things that the early church of the first century A.D. was devoted to. And I'd like to suggest to you that we would be well served, and even the kingdom of God may be well served if we would devote ourselves to these same things that the early church was devoted to. We looked at this passage, we actually considered it on several occasions a couple of years ago when we spent the better part of a a year and a half or two years studying the book of Acts. But yet, I think this is a good passage for us to consider any time, and especially at a time such as this. At a time when we look back upon how we've spent this last year and, and we look forward to how we might live this next year to the glory of God. So again, this question, what is it that we should seek to devote ourselves to? Well, let's look at this passage from Acts chapter 2 to see what it is that the early church devoted themselves to. The Lord was pleased to use a church like this to expand his kingdom 2,000 years ago. What might he do in and through us? What might he do in and through this little church if we would devote ourselves in that same way? You know, we're told in in the book of Acts that when, when this group of believers gathered together, it started out where they were just 120 in number. 
And then we read about how the Holy Spirit worked among them, worked in them and through them to grow the church to what it is today. We read about how in a single day, 3,000 people came to faith in no small part through the ministry and through the lives of these 120 people. Well, we're only about 60 people or so, so so maybe we can't hope to have 3,000 people come to faith in one day, but maybe we could hope to have 1,500 come to faith in one day through our ministry. There is no limit to what the Lord is able to do. So what is it that this early church devoted themselves to? And what should we then do in response to seeing how the Lord was pleased to bless those desires, those efforts through the work of his Holy Spirit in their day? And what might he do among us in ours? Our passage today is Acts chapter 2. Verses 42 through 47. Let's turn our attention again to the reading of God's holy word. Please give these words the attention that they so richly deserve. Luke writes saying of this small group of people, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Brothers and sisters in Christ, this is God's word for you today. The grass may wither and the flower may fade, but the word of the Lord shall endure forever. Pray with me. Lord God, we thank you for your enduring word. We thank you for your enduring power your enduring presence, your enduring blessing upon your church and upon those whom you intend to bring to saving faith in Jesus Christ. Lord, work again in and through us, we pray, in a similar way. Work again through the power of your word and the power of your spirit in our lives, Lord. Show us the way in which we should go. And I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So what is it that we learn from this passage? What are some things that it is good and right for a follower of Christ to be devoted to? Now, first, I want to bring this to your attention. Notice this. Luke writes saying that these followers of Christ devoted themselves. To to devote oneself to something is an act of the will. Note that this passage doesn't just say that they were devoted. It doesn't even say that God caused them to be devoted. Although we know surely his Holy Spirit was in act in that way. But this type of living, the way that these early Christians lived, 
It was an action that they diligently applied themselves towards. They intentionally, they consciously applied themselves to these things, devoted themselves to these things. But what does that mean? What does it mean to be devoted to something? Well, one definition that I found stated that to devote means that one gives all or a large part of one's time or resources to some cause or person or activity. And as people who've been redeemed by the Lord, our right response to that salvation that he's achieved for us is that we would devote ourselves wholeheartedly to him. He has shown his devotion to us. The Father has shown his devotion to us by sending his Son. The Son has shown his devotion for us by dying for us. The Holy Spirit has shown his devotion to the Father and to the Son by everything that he does seeks to bring glory to God and to cause God's saving purposes to be effective in the life of his people. God is fully devoted to us. And so the right response of faith is for us to be fully devoted to him and his purposes. We're to devote ourselves wholeheartedly to these things. Now, does scripture say that it's okay to love the Lord half-heartedly? Of course not. But, but how is it that we're to love the Lord? Well, of course, we're to love the Lord with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our strength. So first, we must devote ourselves to this one who has first devoted himself to us. Now, what is it that this passage shows us these Christians were devoted to? Well, first, look at 42, verse 42. And we see first that they were devoted to the apostles' teaching. Now, it may seem obvious, but let's just clarify what that means. This phrase, the apostles' teaching, means all that the apostles had learned from Jesus. And it would mean all that they had learned from him prior to his crucifixion, when he walked with them for those three years. It would be all of those things that Jesus taught them prior to his crucifixion and resurrection. But it would also be the special insight that he gave to them in those 40 days following his resurrection. It would also be those things that the Holy Spirit made known to them even after Jesus had departed from them. And friends, we can be confident that the Lord has recorded in Holy Scripture. We can be confident that, that in the pages of the Old and New Testament, we have a concise and sufficient compilation of that teaching. We are to be devoted to the apostles' teaching. So here's my question to you, to us all. How might we do that in 2021? How might we as a church demonstrate that we are devoted to the apostles' teaching? And how might you as an individual follower of Christ devote yourself more fully to the apostles' teaching? 
January 3rd, if you haven't done it, if, if as our family, we really haven't talked about this yet in these first days of the new year. But it's a great time still to apply yourself to Bible reading. It's good for us to spend time in God's word. We can't really fully be people of God if we're not also people of God's word. And so how might you devote yourself to the study of scripture this year? Might that be through seeking to read through the entire Bible in 2021? Or at least read through the Old Testament or read through the New Testament? For you younger people, maybe that's just seeking to read through the Gospels on a regular basis. Maybe there's a devotional. If you're not making regular use of a devotional book, or maybe you've got one that typically you utilize, but maybe you could be blessed through reading a a different devotional book. I want to commend that to you. And if you'd like for for any recommendations, I'd be happy to, to make some recommendations or talk to Amy. She's got great familiarity in that as well. What's another way that we can devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching? Well, I've commended this to you before also, and that, and I'll do it again. And that's to give yourself to the study of one particular book this year. Pick one particular book of Scripture, or maybe if it's one of the, the shorter books, maybe you do more than one. But is there a book or two of the Bible that you can dig deep into this year? Some of the, the, the best counsel that I've ever received about learning Scripture is to do this. One of, one of our professors encouraged us, pick one book of the Bible that you live in that becomes a book of the Bible for your life and devote yourself to a lifetime of study of that particular book. And then also do a similar thing each and every year. Each year, pick a book or or pick two books perhaps and give yourself to in-depth study, not just reading, but in-depth study, including word study and that type of thing. And if you do that and you do it consistently, very quickly, you older folks know how fast time flies. Before long, you may, have been ma- you may be able to master 10, 12, 15 books, significant portions of God's word. And not only can you seek to master God's word, but more importantly, you ask the Lord to demonstrate mastery over your life where you seek to be mastered by God's word. So I commend that practice to you. Scripture memorization, where we're not just memorizing specifically the teaching of the apostles, but any, all of God's word is, is useful for instruction and training in righteousness. Apply yourself to scripture memorization. If you look at the, on the first page of our bulletin, every week we commend a scripture passage for you to seek to memorize. We also every week have a question and answer of the catechism. I commend that to you as well. Apply yourself to scripture and catechism memorization. And throughout 2021, we're going to seek to help you in that regard. We're going to to present some scriptures to you and, and then to give you some tools for yourself, for your family to help memorize scripture and also catechisms and and the like. Okay, so the early church was devoted to the apostles' teaching. 
We also learn that they were devoted to what the ESV says is the fellowship. Now, some translations translate this portion of this verse as being devoted to fellowship, while other translations treat it as they were devoted to the fellowship. Is there a difference between those two things? Being devoted to fellowship or being devoted to the fellowship? I would suggest that there is a difference. To be devoted to fellowship suggests that one is committed to spending time with others. And of course, that's a good thing. But there's a bit of a difference between that. There's a bit of a difference between being committed to the activity, to the habit of engaging in fellowship. There's a difference between that and being committed to the fellowship. Where that phrase, the fellowship, refers to one specific group of people. Do you see that there's a difference between hanging out with people in general and doing life together with one particular specific group of people? And certainly, that's what this group of people from the first century was doing with one another. Look at verses 44 through 46. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes. So you can see that that this devotion to fellowship was specifically a devotion to this particular group of fellow believers. Throughout the book of Acts, we we see that this fellowship that they enjoyed was was used by the Lord to be an evangelistic vehicle through which many people would be brought to saving faith in Jesus Christ. And that occurred in no small part as people witnessed the blessedness of that deep, intimate, loving fellowship that they enjoyed with one another. And we see how the Lord was pleased to use that fellowship to expand his kingdom. We get a hint of that in verse 47. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. I'm convinced that these people who verse 47 is speaking of, I'm convinced that these people came to faith after having been brought into contact with that church community where I think they were moved by two things. They were moved as they heard the apostles' teaching declared. And they were moved as they saw the loving and encouraging community of believers that shared all of their possessions and shared their life together. And it shared their love for one another. And then offered that to others who were brought into this community. It's something that I've really enjoyed seeing the Lord develop among us in these last years. I've seen the Lord grow in us a greater sense of joy and peace and love among us. And I want to encourage us all to devote ourselves to those things all the more in 2021. Give yourself more fully to one another. Enter into one another's lives more fully this year and avail yourselves more fully 
to the joy and the blessedness that is the communion of the saints. And that doesn't happen automatically. It it doesn't happen without a conscious effort. But seek and offer that this year. It takes intentionality. It takes intentionality to offer welcome and to extend hospitality anytime. It's, It's especially difficult to do in the midst of a pandemic. But I want to encourage you to seek and to offer that. And to do that among those of us who gather together routinely on a Sunday, but also remember those of our fellowship who aren't routinely with us for various reasons, such as Dan and Pat or Dave and Lynette or Bill and Lori or Barry and and Laura or Grace or Carolyn, Jeanette and others. And I, I know many of you are already doing that. Many of you have done that consistently throughout this year. I can't tell you how much of an encouragement it's been as, as I visited with some of these folks who have been away for, from us for much of this last year. And I'll see a note on their refrigerator. I'll see a picture that one of you have sent. Or they'll tell me that they received a card or had just received a phone call from you within the last week. That's been a great encouragement to them, a great encouragement to me. I just want to encourage us all to seek to do that more intentionally this year. Seek to be devoted to one another. Now, let me encourage one other way that you might be able to do that this year. Some of you, I don't want to make you feel pressured. I won't even make eye contact necessarily. Some of you have been visitors with us, perhaps for months or perhaps for years. Let me ask this question. Might you... Show yourselves to be devoted to this fellowship by making vows of membership this year. Where you stand before us and where you say, with the Lord's help, I desire to be devoted to you. And where we as a congregation also make vows of the same with you. Where we covenant with one another to live our lives together as brothers and sisters in Christ. Let me encourage you to consider doing that. These early Christians were devoted to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship. We also see in verse 42 that they were devoted to the breaking of bread. In verse 46, day by day they were attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes where they received their food with glad and generous hearts. They shared their lives together, and they shared meals together in one another's homes. I know that's been one of the things that I've particularly missed throughout 2020, the challenges of getting together in each other's homes, the challenges of getting together to have shared meals like this. But, but let's be on the lookout for opportunities for us to do that again in 2021. Now, this reference to being devoted to the breaking of bread can also very well be a reference to celebrating the Lord's Supper together. That might be something else that you can devote yourself to this year. Young people, if you've not yet been welcomed to the Lord's table to partake of the Lord's Supper, perhaps this is the year where you do that. Ask your parents. Ask 
your elders, myself or Rich or Rob, about what you can do to be able to begin to receive the Lord's Supper. Parents, encourage your children towards that. It's a good thing. It's an important thing. There is a special, unique spiritual blessing that Christians receive when we partake of the Lord's Supper. Let's not withhold that from our young brothers and sisters in Christ, but let's encourage them to desire that. And even if this isn't the year, perhaps, where they begin to take the Lord's Supper, still, every time we have the Lord's Supper, bring them up and talk to them about this blessing that's present here and encourage them to desire it. Encourage them to ask the Lord to just rule every aspect of their life. Encourage them to be a boy or a girl, a man or woman who seeks to live to the glory of God. Encourage them in their walk of faith. And that's something that not just we as parents can and should do, but any of us should do the same thing with any of our brothers and sisters in Christ, regardless of their age. Encourage one another in their walk with the Lord. And if you want to know what that looks like, we have a great example, particularly in Linda. Linda, you honor the Lord so much in the way that you show respect to the children of this church, the way that you ask them questions, the the way that you make them laugh, the, the way that you show respect to them by talking to them as an equal rather than of dismissing them. Friends, let's all seek to do the same. Encourage our children. Encourage one another to be devoted to the Lord and to be devoted to the breaking of bread, which is the Lord's Supper. So, we see these early Christians. We see the blessing from their example. We see the blessing that comes from being devoted to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread. In this passage, we also see that they were devoted to prayer. And why, why might that be? Well, prayer, of course, is one of the great means of grace that's afforded to any man or woman, boy or girl of God, of faith. It's one of the ways that, that we enjoy this blessed relationship that we have with the Lord. Prayer is one of the ways that the Lord conforms us into his image. It's one of the ways that the Lord conforms our desires into his desires. And his desires into ours. And you know, I'm convinced that these people who shared their lives together like this, don't you know that they were also devoted to praying for one another? One of the great privileges of the Christian life is that we're invited to enter into the ministry of intercessory prayer, where we pray, where we bring requests to the Lord on the behalf of another, where we ask that the Lord would bless that person. You know, I think that's really one of the great strengths of this church. Newport Church is a praying church. Let's continue to seek to build on that strength this year. Let's commit ourselves. Let's devote ourselves to praying for one another throughout 2021. In the the weeks to come, we want to help you in this regard as well. 
We want to we solicit uh, things that we could pray for you over. What are those things that you're asking the Lord for in your life or in the lives of those who you love? We want to ask each of you, what are some of those things? What are those, some of those things that you're praying for yourself? What are some of those things that you're praying for those you love? What are some things that we should pray specifically for Newport Church? What are some things that we should specifically pray for our community, for our nation, for the world? And then let's share those things with one another. And let's commit to praying for one another this year. And not just in a general way, but we're also talking about um, encouraging people where one family covenants with another family where this year we are especially going to pray for you. We'd love to see every person in this church be regularly prayed over. Now, Amy and I seek to do that. Several others of you are, are very faithful in your prayer life for the people of this church. But how, again, how can we do that in a more intentional way? And as we do that, we can find encouragement as we know that our brothers and sisters in Christ are praying to the Father of mercy on our behalf. So let's seek to do that. And of course, while we're doing that, also prayers that the Lord would be pleased to expand his kingdom. Because friends, that's the mission of the church. And that's the mission that the Lord has given every one of us as well. The great commission of Matthew 28, Jesus tells the disciples, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That's the mission that Christ gave this early group of followers of his. That's the calling of Acts 1.8, where Jesus told the disciples, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. Now, in one sense, that was a unique call to this specific group of people. It was a unique calling upon the apostles, upon the other disciples. And we are the beneficiaries of their faithfulness in carrying out that calling. They were witnesses throughout all the world. That's why you and I know the Lord Jesus. But in another very true sense, those callings that Christ laid upon the apostles and the disciples remain the calling that he also has placed upon the church of today. It's the calling that's placed upon you and I as well. The Lord desires for you and I to be his witnesses where we live, in our relationships. But that's a big calling. That's a grand mission. And just like it was for the early church, that calling would be too big of a calling than we could ever hope to accomplish in our own power. But just as was true for them, it's true for us also that we don't have to try to do that in our own power. Just like the early church, we can expect 
two, that, that we can fulfill this privileged calling that Christ has given to us to be used by him to expand the kingdom of God in our day. And we can expect that he'll enable us to do that as we seek to be devoted people. As we seek to be people devoted to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread. And yes, to prayer. If we seek to be people devoted to dependency upon the Lord, dependency upon the Holy Spirit, because that's what it takes for the kingdom of God to advance. Do you desire to see that in your day, in this day? Do you believe that Christ is losing? Do you believe that the only right response to what's going on in the world is for us to go off in this little corner and say, oh, well, I'm glad that the Lord's going to take us out of this mess. Is that what you believe? Or do you believe what Scripture tells us that Jesus wins? That he is still in the process of restoring all things. Revelation 21, behold, I make all things new. Do you believe that Jesus Christ wins? Do you believe that Jesus Christ still has more souls yet to win to himself? Do you believe that maybe, just maybe, it's his intention to use you just as he did this, these people from this small group of believers 2,000 years ago? Do you believe that it's his intention to use you and I, to use a small group of believers such as Newport Presbyterian Church to expand his kingdom? Friends, I'm convinced that he does desire that. And not only that he desires that, but that he intends for that to happen. But it's also his intention to do that as he causes us to be devoted more and more fully to be devoted more and more fully to him, to be devoted more and more fully to his kingdom purposes, and to be devoted to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayers. Let's pray the Lord would be pleased to cause us to grow in that type of devotion. Pray with me, please. Lord, we do pray that. Cause us to be devoted people. Lord, sadly, so easily, so often, we will demonstrate that, oh my, yes, we are devoted. Too often we are devoted to ourselves. Too often we are devoted to lesser things. Too often we are devoted even to unholy things. Too often we can show that we're devoted to the God of self to the God of pleasure, to the God of an absence of discomfort, a God of comfort. Um, Lord, expand your kingdom in each of our hearts. Cause each of us, most importantly, to be more devoted to you, Jesus. Grow in us a greater awareness and a greater appreciation for your devotion to us, Lord. Lord, cause us to love your word 
and to devote ourselves to its study. Cause us to be devoted to our brothers and sisters in Christ, both here at Newport and indeed throughout the world. Use us to expand your kingdom here locally as well as around the world, Lord, we pray. Cause us to be devoted to prayer where we acknowledge that our needs are too great and we are too weak, but we recognize you as being sovereign over all things and the one who gives richly to his people. Grow us in each of these areas, Lord. Lord, cause us to be devoted to the breaking of bread. Cause us to be devoted to that in one another's homes as we may have opportunities. But Lord, also grow in us a devotion to the breaking of bread, which is the Lord's Supper. And Lord, do that even this day, we pray. Lord, take these common elements of bread and juice and set them apart for your holy purposes. Grow our strength. Grow us in devotion to all good things, Lord. Strengthen us, Lord, by this meal, by your word, by your spirit, and by the love and encouragement of our brothers and sisters in Christ, we pray. Do this this day. Do this every day, we pray, Lord. Amen.